We live in a country that is free. So far. And we thank God for that freedom. And we thank God for men and women that have paid the ultimate cost, laying down their lives for the sake of our country, for the sake of our freedom, for the sake of our lives. Amen. Jesus said there's greater love as no man than a man laid down his life for his friends. There have been through the ages of our country men and women that have laid their lives down for us so that we could live. This weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. We remember those that have fallen, and we honor those that have paid the price with their life. We want to honor those that have served, that have barely got out, but the grace of God was with them. And we have several here today that have served our country admirably, amen, amen. with honor, laying their lives down. There's a uh, ministry that we've just formed called uh, Vets. We don't actually have a name for it, right, Dave? It's not called anything yet. But we meet, the vets meet, and they talk about what they went through. And I, I, I am not a vet. I'm not a veteran. I did paintball one time. Okay? And I was scared to death from little balls of paint. But you imagine guys in the trenches, month after month after month, one tour, two tours, three tours, and they come back and they're, let's just say they need the grace of God. Amen? So if you're a vet, we want you to come and meet. Dave, when's, when's our next time we meet? This Friday at Denny's? Seven o'clock. And I want all the, all the vets that have served, if you can stand right now, all you vets that have served, I'd love you to stand right now. Amen? Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Jim, you can sit. Yeah, thank you. Praise God. The Bible says that we need to pray for our king. We need to pray for our leaders. Amen? We need to pray for our country. Let's take that time right now. Pray for our country. Pray for our leaders. Pray for men and women that serve our country on the battlefield. We'll pray for those that have served and are getting through life by the grace of God. Lord, we thank you for this day, this weekend, that we remember those that gave all. We remember those that have sacrificed for our freedom in our lives. We give you praise and honor and thank you for them. We thank you for those individuals that stood today that served our country. We thank you for them, and we give honor where honor is due. We honor them today. God, we pray for our country. We know that you are moving and having your way. We don't see it on the news. We don't read it in the newspapers. But God is on the throne, and he is ruling, and he is in control. So we give you praise and honor, O oh God. We pray for President Trump. We pray for Nancy Pelosi. We pray for Mitch McConnell. We pray for Jerry Nadler. We pray for Chuck Schumer. We pray, and this is our prayer, O oh God, that all of them come to know Christ through faith by grace. That's our prayer. They need you, God. We pray that a, a wooing of righteousness would rise up in the halls of Congress, in the Senate, in the Oval Office, O oh God, that men and women 
that enjoy the love of power, their hearts would be changed to engage in the power of love. Oh God, we pray for righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. We pray for our nation today. That you would lead and guide and have your way. And we would humbly pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise you, God. We are grateful that Jesus Christ came from heaven, left the splendor and majesty of his throne, of his kingdom, of heaven, came down, became a man, born in a manger, took on all that life had to offer, just like us, but was without sin. He was misunderstood, misrepresented, forsaken, brutally tortured, and died for our salvation. What a God we serve. Amen? I say it all the time. Our Creator God became the crucified Christ so that we might have life and life more abundantly. And we give Him praise and we give Him honor and we give Him thanks. The Bible says that there is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Aren't you grateful for that? We don't need to pray for Mary because she's dead. We don't need to pray to all the saints because they're dead. There's only one that was dead and risen again, seated at the right hand of God, and that's our great high priest, who is Jesus Christ. Amen? Our great high priest. He's interceding for us right now. He's praying for you and has been for all time that you would come to know him. Sends the Holy Spirit to minister and reveal Christ to us in such a beautiful way. That's why it's so important. And understand that there's a war over your soul today. There's a war over your mind. And sometimes we think we're out on the playground, but we realize really, really quick enough that there is a battlefield. And that battlefield is your soul. The soul that sins, it shall die. And when it dies, there is a judgment. But for the believer today, and here's the good news, that judgment and wrath that was to be placed on you was placed on Jesus Christ. He paid the debt. He bore our sin. He bore our shame and our guilt. That's why we're so excited when we think about what Christ is to us today. In Exodus chapter 6, let's turn there. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 2 to 8 speaks of the redemptive, saving work of God in freeing the Hebrew people from shame and slavery in the Old Testament. For 400 years, they were in slavery and shame, serving the Egyptians. But God heard their cry, amen? God heard their groanings. And uh, we'll read in Exodus chapter 6, 2 through 8, here it says, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. By my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. 
and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you, bring you out, buy you back, purchase you with an outstretched arm and with, a great, with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Redeemer God, that you have bought us back off the slave block of sin, shame, and guilt and set us free by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray, O God, that this message would get into my heart, this message would get into our heart, that we are free in Jesus' name. No longer have to deal with the penalty of sin. No longer have to deal with the power of sin. The power of sin in our lives has been snapped and broken because of the wonderful blood of Jesus Christ that has forgiven us. Power of the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us, sets us apart to the things of God. What a great God we serve. We love you today, Lord. We thank you that you are our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever uh, gone on vacation and you're really excited and you hop in the car and you take off and you're driving, man? You're driving. Can't wait to get to your destination. And uh, like me, many of you exceed the speed limit in anticipation of getting to where you're going. And you're driving, man. You're driving. Okay? I'm driving here. Get out of my way. I got a destination to get to. And all of a sudden, things don't look familiar. You've kind of lost your way. Your wife wants you to pull over and find, you know, directions and stuff like that. Guys don't do that. We just keep driving, people. We drive. We step on it. We go faster to wherever we have to go in which we don't know where we're going, right? That's what we do. We drive. And then you stop for directions. And somebody tells you, you ask for directions, somebody tells you, you can't get there from here. What does that mean? I can't get there from here. See, this is the thing. Our lives are are filled with anticipation and expectation as as we grow older. We have dreams. We have the wonder of life. We're made in the image of God. We have that zeal and vest for life. But let me tell you something. Life has a way of snapping that out of us, doesn't it? Life has a way of crushing our spirit, crushing our soul. We find out through our travelings that we can't get to where we need to go by ourselves. Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem and every desire and every heartbreak and every pain and every joy. It's Jesus Christ. Reveal to your heart today. The reason why he came down to die for you is that he knew you couldn't get to him from where you were. There was sin that separated you. There was weakness. There was insufficiencies. There were there were problems that there were sin that separated you from the presence of God, and He came down. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, God was on a, a holy pursuit to get you to where you're supposed to be and get you to where you're you're going. Because the world will tell you you can't get there from here and you'll never make it. 
Your flesh will tell you, you can't get there from here and you'll never make it. The world of flesh and the devil, accusations and slander will tell you that you cannot get to where you need to go because of who and what you are. And Jesus comes down and says, I've got you. I am the Redeemer. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Bought back out of sin, shame, and guilt. We're free. We're free. So as you're traveling and you get that knowledge and you get back on the road, and once again, the, the wonder of the vacation and the thrill of getting to where you're going and the excitement, you're on the path, you know where you're going, you're like, yeah, and the excitement causes you to speed down the road. Our redemptive possession today is not a geographical land. What has promised in the Bible to be our possession since time began, our possession today is God himself. Isn't that something? Our prized possession is God himself. And the way he gives his, this possession to you, the way he gives us our possession is that we allow him to take possession of us. Our possession today of the promise of God is that God will possess you. Usually we use that term with demons, don't we? They are demon-possessed. The promise of the Father is that Jesus would redeem mankind from the penalty of sin. The promise of the Father is that he would send the Holy Spirit to possess you. To reveal everything to you about God. To reveal everything about your future. Your purpose. Your meaning in life. Take away the shallowness and the hollowness of life. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides you. He is the comforter. He's the counselor. He's the spirit of truth, the spirit of righteousness, the spirit of God, the spirit of the Father, the spirit of Christ. He is our all in all. He is the one that possesses you. We read of the Egyptians and their bondage over the Israelites was harsh. It was nasty. It was brutal. It was horrific. But look around, people. Isn't that what sin does to people? There's no respecter of person. It will destroy your life. It will steal from your life. It will take everything that God has for you and obliterate it and leave you in a sense of worthlessness, aimlessness, condemnation, and no hope without God in this world. Wow. You know, when you, when you read the story of the Israelites, man, they were, I don't know, they needed to be taken out by the shed and just, man. Wake up, people. I was thinking of when Brian was talking about the ten downers and whiners and the two that had faith in God. What, what made the difference in their heart and life? The ten were looking at their capacity, their ability, their worthiness to take the land. The two was looking at the character and nature and power and victory of the God that called them and promised them to this land. Amen? See, here's the problem, friends. We put our faith and trust in our past experiences, don't we? 
All those hurts, all those brokennesses, all the pain and the sorrow of life and the problems of life and even the joys of life. We focus on that so much that we forget about the fact that we have been redeemed, we've been taken out, and God wants to direct us on a path to the promised land. There are many that are sick in our congregation. Sick. God wants you not to focus on the sickness. He wants you to focus on God, your healer. Amen? Don't speak words that put your trust and faith in your past experience and what, God, and what this life tells you. Put your faith and trust in God. Character and nature of God. What I do a lot is I take the word of God and I, in my prayer time I say, God, I didn't say this. You said it. Amen? I didn't say that you're my healer. You said it. First Corinthians tells us that every promise in the book, every promise is yea and amen men in God. He's your healer today. Amen? amen. He's your healer. <laughs> There's four benefits as we look at uh, Exodus chapter 2. God's redemptive work is revealed in, in four, four ways. The first is in Exodus chapter 2, verse 6. The Lord is our deliverer. Amen? Amen. The Lord is our deliverer. Exodus 2, verse 6. Yeah, dyslexia, I think, is the key word there. <laughs> Exodus chapter 6 and verse 2. Sorry. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Say it with me, please. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Pharaoh was not the Lord. His henchmen and magicians were not the Lord. The soldiers in Egypt were not the Lord. The bondage and slavery and humiliation was not the Lord. God is saying today that I am the Lord. As Christians today, we take Jesus Christ as our Savior. He saves us from our sins. But have you ever committed him to be the Lord of your life? He's saying to you today, take me as your Lord, and I will lead you out of slavery and bondage into the very promised possession of God in your heart and in your life today. He'll take you out. See, he takes us out to take us in. Amen? Amen. He is the Lord, our deliverer. He's our savior. He's our rescuer. He's the one that has done the work. Secondly, the, in verses uh, in Exodus chapter 6 here, the Lord will form a godly, redemptive community. Isn't that something? The Lord will form a godly, redemptive community. Exodus chapter 6, and we'll read the first part of verse 7. L- listen to this. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. I will take you to be my people. Isn't that something? One of the big, big aspects of the human condition today is people don't have a sense of belonging. They don't have a sense of being accepted. Amen? Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on the Internet. We've got uh, four, 43 gazillion friends, you know. But we've got no one to turn to in a time of need. 
God has invited you today into this awesome relationship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three triune God relating to one another in honor and love and submission. And guess what? They've invited you into this relationship. Doesn't it blow your mind? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they want to be in relationship with you. We have a redemptive community today. It's not because of your good looks and charm that God loves you. I'm sorry, okay? When you look in the mirror, nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with how much money you got in the bank or your education or where you grew up. Or maybe you lived a a uh, holier-than-thou, goody-two-shoes life, and you think you're all that, and you think you're all good. No, no, no. That That doesn't count it. God, out of love, because he is love, said that I will redeem these people, these dead in bondage people, and I will bring them out. I will take you to be my people. Do you have a sense today that you are part of the family of God? Amen? That God loves you today. He accepts you today. You belong to God. You belong to God. And he has a purpose and a plan for your life. The Bible says that we are no longer called slaves, but we are called friends. We are no longer called friends, but we are called sons and daughters. Sons and daughters of God. He wants you to have a sense that you belong. Amen. And in this church, with this body, he wants you to have a sense that you belong to each of us here as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. We are the body of Christ. We need to love each other. Because the way we love each other is the way we honor God and the way we, we view whether or not we are honored to be part of the family of God is how we love each other. We submit to one another. As Christ submitted himself to the church, loved the church and gave himself up for the church. Amen? So the Lord will form a godly, redemptive community. So life has a, has a sense of putting a wet blanket on things, isn't it true? What happens is when we're in a, in a wilderness, tendency is, and this is just human nature, unredeemed human nature, is that we look back and we say, it was really good back there. That's what the Israelites did. They actually said, let us go back. There was garlic back there. There were leeks. I don't even know what leeks is, but it was back there. They wanted to go back to the bondage to the slavery. And friends, as believers today, the tendency is that we want to go back. Don't go back. Be like the two that put their faith and trust in the character of God, that God is going to see you through. Don't go back. Thirdly, the Lord desires an intimate, ongoing relationship with his redeemed. Amen? Exodus chapter 6 and verse 7. And the B. Here it is who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will take you to be my people. I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. He desires this ongoing relationship with you today, a relationship that is formed and guided by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Is a wonderful passage of scripture. And this is a really, really get you excited today as we read this passage of scripture. Here it is. You are a chosen race, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't that awesome? This ongoing relationship is the fact that, and here, let me, let me tell you something. It's not all about you, okay? Your problems and your whinings and everything that you go through, it's not all about you. And this, this is harsh, but it's going to free you up a little bit. It's about God redeeming the cosmos, redeeming everything in heaven and earth to himself, restoring everything to himself, reconciling everything to himself, bringing everything to a redeemed, restored state of mind, bringing us into a new heaven and a new earth. And we miss out on being the redeemed and bringing his kingdom down on earth when we focus on ourselves. We focus on our own issues and we don't live out this life of believing the promises of God, believing the word of God, resting in the character and nature of God. Ah, that was harsh, but it's true. The Lord desires an intimate, ongoing relationship with his redeemed. Listen, Paul said a weird thing, and I want to tell you this. I am debtor to the Greeks and the barbarians. Isn't that weird? I am debtor to the Greeks and the barbarians. You know why he was debtor? He had a debt to the Greeks and the barbarians because of the compelling, constraining love of Christ that overcame him so much that the only thing he could do to truly love God and bring his kingdom down on earth is to give his life in preaching the gospel to the Greeks, the Gentiles, the barbarians. He was debtor to them because God did so much because of what Christ did in him. Do you have a sense that you're living in debt to those that don't know Christ? Do you have a sense today that there's a compellingness in your heart, a constraining love that you got to share the gospel? you got to tell somebody about the love of God. Amen? You've been redeemed. You've been brought out. And God wants to use you for his kingdom and his power and his glory. We get our eyes on, on bringing the redeemed out of slavery into the wonderful work of Jesus Christ. He wants to use you. Get your eyes off yourself. We're not in debt to the flesh. That bill has been paid. We're not in debt to sin. We're not in debt to this world or to the devil. Those debts have been paid on on the cross of Christ 2,000 years ago. You're in debt to Jesus Christ and his love. And the way he wants you to express it is being Jesus to the lost and the broken. Seeing the needs, feeling the compelling sense of the heart of God towards those that are lost. And let me tell you something. When you care about others... All of a sudden, your whininess and your viewpoint on yourself kind of just goes away. And all of a sudden, we're filled with the presence of God. And we're so concerned about others. We're loving others that our concerns for ourselves kind of die down. And we have the joy of the Lord. Jesus, others, and you. Amen? What a, what a great revelation. Jesus has come to redeem us out of the slavery of our selfishness and the slavery of our self-centeredness by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we got the love. Sometimes we don't have the power. The Egyptians needed the power of God to literally free them. We need the power of God in our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. There's a redemptive community here, and God has us on a mission to reach the lost and the dying for him.
The Lord desires for his redeemed to live in his promises, his provision, and his protection. Exodus chapter 6, verse 8. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to you. His promise today for us is that the Holy Spirit will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us till the end. He who began a good work in you will perform it and complete it in Jesus' name. Amen. I will bring you into the land. I will be your God. I will show myself strong on your behalf. I will give it to you for a possession. Oh, yeah. Possessions. Oh, man. Possessions. Don't touch my stuff or I'll kill you. Amen. Possessions. What's your greatest desire? Is that to, to be possessed by God and allow him to move and in your heart and in your life. Amen? We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I want you to think about why he took you out. How he took you out. And what he wants to bring you into now through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? He wants to set you free from things that block his work in your heart and in your life. I'm going to ask Daryl to come. And we're going to close off in a, in a prayer as we sing towards the Holy Spirit and allow him to move in our hearts and in our lives. Let me tell you the benefits of redemption. Romans chapter 5, it's on your spiritual formation sheet. Forgiveness of sins in Ephesians. Righteousness in Romans, we read that. Freedom from the law's curse in Galatians. Adoption into God's family. Indwelling of the Holy Spirit to be redeemed then is to be forgiven, holy, justified, free, adopted, and reconciled. By the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Amen. If you need prayer today, as we sing, I want you to come up and allow the Holy Spirit to take you, mold you, and shape you today. Please allow the Holy Spirit to move in your heart and in your life today as you give him everything that you are. And everything that he is will be given to you through this yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit.